Tis the season for your flight operation to sort out any lingering tax issues before the new year. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan, brought to you by Varion, formerly ATP. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for the very latest business aviation news and information. As we approach the holiday season and tick down toward the final days of 2023, it's often a stressful time for many business aviation flight departments that may be grappling with tax issues, particularly if they've purchased a business aircraft this year hoping to take advantage of bonus depreciation. To discuss that and other common year-end tax concerns, I'm pleased to welcome back two experts in aviation tax issues. David Hernandez is a shareholder in the law firm of Vetter Price and the head of its Business Aviation and Regulation Practice Group, as well as past chair of the NBAA Tax Committee. Ryan Damore, CAM, is the Tax Committee's current chairperson and head of aviation tax at MySky. And gentlemen, when we talked last year around this time, everyone was concerned about the looming decrease in bonus depreciation from 100% to 80% in 2023. Ryan, how did that gradual phase-out affect aircraft transactions this year, and what do you expect to see as bonus depreciation decreases further in the new year? Yeah, it is stepping down again from 80 to 60% for next year, and the market sort of naturally has cooled a bit. And we say cooled, but when it was as hot as it was, we sort of returned to normal. I don't necessarily think it's cooled that drastically. And we'll see how the numbers come in for the fourth quarter, but I'm certainly still seeing a fair bit of activity going on. I think a lot of times people think they can get the benefit. And then when they really start looking into, do we have the income for it? Do we have to offset the bonus? Do we have the personal usage piece of it figured out. And I I think a lot of people are finding out that maybe it's not as huge of a factor as they think it is. I think the education process there has kind of stepped in over the last few years. And and so it's not as frenzy-esque as it has been in the past. I agree with Ryan in terms of, I don't necessarily know it's had a huge impact. I think market dynamics has probably had a bigger impact on the market. There's always going to be certain individuals or aircraft owners that say, I I need to get bonus depreciation. But the first question I always ask is, why? And how do you know it applies to you? I mean, everybody likes the word bonus something. You just don't know what it means. And once you're educated, many folks may not have the right operational profile to take advantage of bonus. And so I think it's impacted some people, but I just don't know the percentage. In terms of how you can make sure that you're taking advantage of it for this year. The important thing is just go through the checklist of all of the requirements for bonus depreciation. For example, do you have a binding written contract in place? Are you maintaining your business use? Is your aircraft going to be actually placed into service? There's a good case out there that said you've denied depreciation because your aircraft wasn't ready to be placed into service because there was some ongoing maintenance. So Ask your tax professionals, your qualified aviation attorneys or CPAs what you should be doing to make sure that you can indeed take advantage of bonus depreciation this year because you have about two months still to plan, but this is not something you need to even think about doing the last week of the year. 
David, when owners look to maximize their tax depreciation, what regulatory considerations should they keep in mind so as to not run afoul of the IRS or the FAA? The primary thing is pre-planning. So, for example, if you want to operate the aircraft for personal use, there are quite a few FAA regulations you have to be concerned about. And frankly, if you want to operate it for personal use, bonus depreciation probably isn't the right goal for you because you, you can't take bonus depreciation if you're going to use the aircraft predominantly for personal use. So all of these questions are ones that you should be discussing with your aviation professional or tax professionals because there are significant hurdles that you have to clear from an FAA perspective as well as an IRS perspective. And whether it's, are you going to operate under FAR, Federal Aviation Regulation Part 91 versus 135? Can you even operate under 135 or 91 based on your operating profile? Dave makes a couple of great points there. And I think just working with your advisors is the primary goal there. If you're going to go buy an airplane, you're not going to go do it by yourself. You need to have a good team of people around you that are able to answer questions like this. And so working with your advisors to say, hey, does this even make sense? Keep in mind that tax depreciation is wonderful from a bonus standpoint, but 1031s are gone now and there's no way of recapturing or rolling over your basis from one airplane to another as you could historically. So what that means is, look, if I buy a $50 million airplane and I then turn around and sell it a couple years later for 30, I don't get $50 million worth of benefit. I only get the $20 million worth of benefit because I will have to pay taxes on the $30 million. So yes, I get the $50 million to begin with, but then when I sell the airplane for 30 million, I'm gonna have to pay taxes on that. So just understanding, don't just look at this year, look at next year and the year after and the year after. And like Dave said, especially with personal use, any personal use is going to start slicing away any of the benefit anyway. So it's definitely something that you want to sit down and look at future years and draw everything out for the life cycle of the airplane to say, does this make sense? And in certain cases, it is going to. And in a lot of cases, it doesn't. And that's where I said, you know, that sort of the education piece of that is, I think, starting to slowly filter down to people because they've been asking enough advisors the right questions over time. More of our discussion in just a moment, following this word from our sponsor. Take your aviation operations to new heights. Introducing Varion, formerly known as ATP, your ultimate partner in achieving maximum aircraft uptime. At Varion, we understand the challenges faced by everyone in aviation. Our industry-leading technology solutions revolutionize aircraft management, so there's no more waiting, no more wondering, and no more wasted effort. Get real-time visibility of your maintenance, inventory, operations, and regulatory data right at your fingertips with an easy-to-use system. Backed by a team of experts with deep aviation knowledge offering 24-7, 365 support. After 50 years in the business, we have built a growing reputation for getting our customers more aircraft uptime. That's why thousands of aircraft operators worldwide have already discovered the power of Varion. Say goodbye to downtime and hello to increased efficiency and profitability. Visit Varion.com to learn more. Varion, let's get you more uptime. We're back now with David Hernandez and Ryan Demore and our discussion about year-end tax planning. 
Ryan, as we look not just toward the end of the year, but into 2024, what other factors might affect the taxation environment for business aviation, and what effects might those have on our industry? So anytime we go into an election year, the anticipation is not too much is probably going to change going into an election year. But that's not always the case. Sometimes there's a last minute flurry of things that start flying through. So from a regulatory standpoint, we don't see too much changing. Obviously, with FAA reauthorization still hanging out there, you know, that was delayed till the end of the year. Let's see how all of that resolves itself. There weren't too many massive changes that were being discussed, more just sort of updates to what is currently out there. But anything is possible. And how those conversations go over the next couple of months is certainly going to impact what things look like in 2024. But as of right now, I personally don't expect there to be too much movement. I think 2025 is going to obviously be whichever side ends up in power is going to have some changes on their list. David, does that align with what you expect to see in 2024? Yeah, I certainly think it will because there's no peg tax changes proposed. Bonus is is basically on autopilot, forget the pun, but it's dropping. The things that I think that listeners ought to be concerned about are just the things that we see it's right in front of us. What impact are higher interest rates going to have on the economy and the economic cycle? And to the extent that that impacts aircraft buying and use, the utilization may change because of the impact of a slowing economy, if that's the case. With respect to other issues, you've got the geopolitical issues and what could happen in the world, and that could impact your business use. Anytime you talk about decreasing business use, that may have an impact if you have personal use. That's a, you know, a sliding scale. Too much personal use is bad for depreciation and tax planning. What are some other common gotchas that business aviation operators often run into, David? The big things are closing your deals on a timely basis. Particularly at the end of the year, we're still seeing a lot of supply chain concerns. And so if you're trying to put an aircraft into a pre-buy and close within the last two weeks, that's going to be very challenging. So plan ahead. MROs, maintenance repair organizations are very jammed packed in December. So plan ahead. That's the thing. You may not have sufficient opportunity to put your aircraft into service in 2023. And also the other things from a tax perspective, more sales or in state taxes. Again, look at your utilization. And some states, I think, for example, Illinois, if you have a what we refer to as a Part 135 commercial exemption, you still have to have commercial use or 135 use 50% or more, or you lose that exemption. So you then get hit with state taxes. So check your state sales and use tax planning and operational concerns. So not only may you be in trouble from a federal perspective, you may also be in trouble from a state perspective. Basically, it's, it's you know multi-level chessboard here where you're trying to analyze how your personal versus business use versus your state and local tax planning all work together. I'll sort of piggyback on Dave's statement there about state taxes. And and I, I think that applies to the federal side as well and, and any tax planning. People often think that tax planning happens when you purchase the aircraft and then that's the end of the conversation. And that is not what should be happening. So there's enough tests, like Dave said, on the state side, on the federal side, If you did take bonus depreciation and you are kind of working through whether there's some issues on the 25 or 50% tests, 
for maintaining that bonus depreciation or if there are any other thresholds that you need to seriously consider. I often, and especially for my clients, I will say essentially once the calendar rolls over into the fourth quarter, that is a time to sit down and have that discussion again, because then there's still time that you can do something about it. If I'm dropping the shoebox off at the accountant at the end of the year, it's probably a little too late to make any changes. So the the point I'm trying to make is, look, starting in the fourth quarter, start taking a look at not only your tax planning, but where are you against that tax planning? Like Dave said with state taxes, if you said, look, I've got this exemption, I need 50% commercial use, go take a look and see where you are. If you're playing it close on the 25 or 50% rules when it comes to bonus depreciation, go see where you are. Understand where you need to be and then make a plan going forward so that you make sure you hit those thresholds. That's kind of the big gotchas or issues that I see people run into at the end of the year is they find it out in January, but by then it's too late to do anything about it. I'd like to close our discussion with tips for business aviation operators or flight department managers who may have realized as they're listening to this episode how much they don't know about these issues. And after all, their core competency is aviation, not taxes. So Ryan, it really sounds like the most important piece of advice would be to not try to tackle these issues yourself. Absolutely. And I will say I have met plenty of directors of aviation who are adept at tax planning. However, even they are smart enough to say, I can't do everything and I need help and I need other advisors to make sure that everything is getting done properly. I will certainly say having the right team in place is most important. And then in today's day and age, utilizing the right and proper software to help do these calculations. Some of these calculations are very big and trying to do them in Excel is often very difficult. There are platforms out there that essentially you can utilize to help do these calculations, to help. And technology is progressing at a rate that, that's pretty amazing too. So when I talk about some of those things like looking forward and seeing, you know, hey, am I getting close to these thresholds and so on, there, there are starting to become SaaS platforms that are doing that in this space. So definitely utilize technology, utilize software, and then utilize the right team around you. Do not procrastinate and ask for help. Most importantly, bring everybody in the company into the process. Have the general counsel be involved. Have the flight department folks be involved. Have the CFO be involved. You know, have the tax folks be involved because flight department will never be able to do this on their own. They need help. And there's nothing wrong with saying, look, I need help with this because the flight department should not be tax experts. They should not be prerequisite experts. They should not be dealing with SEC issues. But unfortunately, the people that procrastinate end up doing all of this in the last two weeks of the year. They're inevitably going to miss things. That's why if you haven't been doing this since January 1st, 2023, it's going to be a mess. That's why you need help. You need to document things. Every client just looks at me and just thinks, are you kidding me when I say, look, where are your flight logs and where are your expenses from April and May of this year? And I I don't know. I mean, we don't keep records that long. So, I mean, those are the things that you've got to be proactive about. You've got to plan for and don't be afraid to ask for help because ultimately you want to make sure that you, you respect the applicable regulations, whether FAA, IRS or SEC, 
but also maintain your sales and use tax exemptions if that's something that you need to do, as well as a bonus. Because worst case is someone thinking, well, I got bonus and then I don't have to have a continuing obligation. Most of these tax laws have continuing obligations that are required to be complied with every single year. And with people leaving and coming coming and going with, with companies, you may have different tax folks almost every year and different folks in the flight department every year. So you've got to have continuity. And the only way to do that is through planning, asking for help, and making sure that you are working at this issue from an entire organization perspective and not just one or two people. A lot of times people don't necessarily think of tax planning as part of fleet planning, but obviously they play hand in hand with each other. And with bonus still kind of being here this year, next year, there's some options on the table still. Essentially, there's going to be some companies out there that over the past 60 years have never paid taxes on the sale of an airplane. And so essentially, they're going to wake up and there will be no way to avoid it. Like Dave said, planning, planning, planning. We have to plan these things. We have to have the right teams. Don't procrastinate. Start looking two, three years in the future. And then more importantly, don't just make a plan and then put it on a shelf. Make a plan and then continue to review the plan as time goes on and make sure you're hitting targets. Make sure that if the plan needs to change, you're changing the plan. I think it's it's very important to make sure that you constantly review where and what you set up and what structure you set up so that you don't inadvertently run into any issues in the future. And for additional information and tips for establishing that team and structure, check out the tax planning resources available for NBAA members at nbaa.org forward slash taxes. Also keep in mind that we lose a couple of business days this year, with Friday the 29th the last day to get any outstanding paperwork in order and submitted. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Sending out a 3500. Alright, we got him inside. We're slowing back to 170.